It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Racing Grunhaber, 365 Sports, Sikkim 365 Radio, co-host with the BearCast, and also recruiting analyst with uh, the, both the incoming or what's happening with high school recruits that gets overshadowed quite a bit because of the transfer portal. Grayson, thanks for your time. So uh, how many players does Baylor have now that have come in from the transfer portal, and how many more do you feel like they'll have room for that can make a difference? Right. So, I mean, right now the numbers are starting to get pretty tight with the latest additions of Michael Triggs and Jamal Bell, um, you know, the Nevada wide receiver Jamal Bell and Ole Miss tight end Michael Trigg. Um, adding those two guys now, I, I just there's not a lot of room left. And I know for a while we had kind of talked about the uh, the thought that you know you could take more than what you technically have because you got the early enrollees and you have you know these opportunities to kind of make up that scholarship loss after spring football. Um, but it really seems right now that the roster is probably going to come down to maybe adding. You know, maybe one, maybe two more prospects um, going forward, likely at the outside linebacker, the jack position uh, in Baylor's defense, maybe along the defensive line, um, or just the best available type, which if you're going to look at best available, it'd probably be something like wide receiver, um, maybe linebacker, and then offensive line. Um, that, that's kind of what I would look at as far as positions go uh, that could possibly be filled. Uh, even though I do think edge and defensive line will be prioritized um, to finish out this cycle. Now, as far as after spring football, I think everything changes. A lot of people have kind of mentioned that they think that after spring football, this is going to be one of the craziest cycles the portal has ever seen. 
And if that's true, that really could play in Baylor's favor. Um, but as I mentioned earlier this week in the column I had on Sikkim 365 Premium, you know, Baylor didn't really have a ton of success post-spring as far as additions go. You know, you added Justin Sambu, um, who didn't quite live up to, I think, what they were hoping for. You had Byron Bonds, who was pretty good, but it felt like he was inconsistent at times. And maybe if he had had the full spring, uh, he could have really, you know, even performed better. And then, of course, there's Johnny Carter, who didn't even make it to Baylor's campus. So there is some inherent risk there by waiting. Um, but I also think that it gives you an opportunity to really see what you have on your roster and also see who's leaving your roster so you know for sure how many spots you have to fill. Grayson, would you say, just looking at 22 starters right now, that they would feel kind of like if you pencil in the transfers as starters, that they would feel comfortable with their two deep right now if that was where it was? Or is there something glaring that they still haven't really addressed yet? You know, I think if you just looked at starters, they would probably feel comfortable with the group that they have if you're only looking at starters. But I really think that it's kind of hard to do that because there are certain positions that Baylor really, I mean, if you go look at the snap counts, they sub guys in a lot and specifically the Jack linebacker spot. Um, you know, you lose Byron Vaughn. You have Garmin Randolph back. You got Kyler Jordan who played some snaps, but they really want to get another proven pass rusher at the college level. And so that is the one area, you know, that I would look at and say, I think they absolutely need to add someone. Maybe it's not specifically a Jack, but it's absolutely someone who can get after the quarterback, play defensive end, something along those lines. But I think that is the glaring weakness when you look at the roster and you say, hey, what's the one position they absolutely, I think they need to address? I think that's probably the one at this time. So Grayson, um, I guess Jamal Bell, why does he matter? How does he matter? How does he fit, et cetera, when it comes to joining this offense and giving, I guess, um, Jake Spavital another wide receiver to uh, to play around with? Right. So, I mean, if you look at the depth chart right now, the slot wide receiver position is one that just simply has not been addressed um, by the staff, honestly, at, at all. And, and, I mean, if you – Look at the offense that they ran previously. It wasn't as important to have someone um, that's built the same way that Jake Spavitol is going to want a guy built um, as far as slot receivers go. And so I think because of that, you know, you don't really have proven commodities on the roster. And so you saw them take Ashton Hawkins, who really fits the scheme, has been in a spread offense for a long time, very familiar with Jake Spavitol. So you feel good about that. But then you go get Jamal Bell, and now you feel really good about your slot wide receiver position and your ability to um, form offense from it, right, and be able to get these guys open in space and also feel comfortable that they're going to be okay with what's asked of them. And I think Jamal Bell is going to bring that to the table, along with the simple fact that the guy, I mean, he's the leader all-time in kickoff return yards uh, at Nevada. So he's going to add a special team boost. He's also gotten a ton of carries at Nevada. I think he had a game this year where he ran for, like, I think it was like 87 yards. So you could put him in the backfield, utilize him that way. Um, so I think there's just a lot of versatility, a veteran leadership aspect, um, high-end athleticism. He runs a verified 4-4-3, 4 shuttle, so high athletic capabilities. And a guy that, hey, you know what? You just get the ball to him in space, and you see if he can't create an explosive play, um, which Baylor has absolutely needed over the past few years. I do want to mention his production is not going to jump off the charts. 
But what I will say is the last two years, Nevada's offense has been absolutely terrible, specifically their quarterback play. Um, so I wouldn't read too much into that. I think he's going to come in, fill a much-needed role, um, and he should be pretty good in that role. Grayson, junior days are starting up all over the country for different programs. Um, I know Baylor's uh, it's got theirs coming up. I know, but uh, which ones do you are you tracking the most uh, of the junior prospects that will uh, more than likely be in? Yeah, I mean this is this is a really interesting time period. I would say for for Baylor as far as the junior days go, because there's been a lot of talk kind of about you know what this 2025 class is going to be like. The simple fact that you know right now. I mean, it looks like a very elite class um, for Baylor to start. They've addressed the offensive line. They've addressed wide receiver position. They already have a quarterback. So there's a lot of things to be positive about. And so I think for that reason, you know, you look at the guys that they've brought in and you're seeing, you know, a lot of high-end names, a lot of high-end wide receivers, the offensive line, which they're going to continue to try to address, um, you know, with the new offensive line coach and Chris Kapilovic. And so for that reason, I think those are the two positions that I'm probably eyeing the most. Wide receiver, offensive line, I already have, I think there's like eight guys, nine guys between those two positions alone. Um, and for that reason, they, they kind of stand out the most. So I guess, you know, if I'm really looking at it from a standpoint of talent, you know, you look at maybe Dent Ryan, offensive lineman, Marcus Garcia. Uh, he's a very intriguing prospect, has offers from programs all, all around the country, really. I mean, he would fit in nicely to kind of what they're trying to build up front as they already have three offensive line commits. Um, you know, other guys, you know, Chapel Hill athlete Demetrius Brisbane, uh, he's intriguing to me um, simply because of his connection with Keenan Hall. Um, the simple fact that maybe Baylor gets a flip from an SMU commit. That would be, I think, very intriguing, especially for a guy that's a, a four-star, very highly acclaimed, put up massive numbers there at Chapel Hill. So those are a few guys. There's a lot of other guys. I, I think my list is up to maybe – I think I'm at like 25 names now uh, for this junior day. I think it's probably going to get somewhere around 30, 35 by the time we're done. But what I can tell you is there's high expectations for this 2025 class. They're going to take far more guys than they took in 2024. And for that reason, I do think the class ranking um, will be much improved. And I know fans will be very appreciative of that. Well, speaking of recruiting, Scott Drew continues to reel in five stars. Uh, VJ Edgecombe committing earlier this week. Grayson, uh, your thoughts on another five-star, top five, top ten, future NBA type of splash from uh, Scott Drew and staff? Yeah, that's just incredible. I mean, the the just this kind of groove that Scott Drew and the whole staff is in right now. I mean, they've been able to go out and land really high upper-end talent um, you know, multiple years in a row now. When you look at Keontae George, Jacoby Walter, and now B.J. Edgecombe, and, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Robert Ryder, Jason Osamoda, or Noah Boyd. Like, they have really good prospects in this class. Osamoda's a, a five-star guy, and I really like what he's going to bring to the table as well. Um, but I think this one becomes very noteworthy because of how much further down the process it was, how it was between Baylor, Duke, and Kentucky. You've got these blue blood names, and Baylor's going out there and competing with them. And, I mean, he, he basically ruled out Kentucky earlier in the week, and it was literally a Baylor versus Duke head-to-head, and Baylor comes away with a win here. And that's massive for this program. It continues to show you, you know, kind of the trajectory that they're building. And I think as far as Edgecombe as a prospect, I mean, a guy who's still kind of raw on the offensive side of the ball, but an elite athlete, a very explosive guard, a guy who's been compared to, you know, guys like Anthony Edwards and Dwayne Wade and Victor Oladipo. I mean, these are really 
you know, high-end, upper-echelon, all-star type players in the NBA, and BJ compares pretty favorable with those guys. And, and so I think the expectation should be through the roof. I think he's going to be a top-five pick in the NBA draft, which means he's probably going to come in and provide a, a very immediate impact for this Baylor team next year and allow them to uh, just continue to build on the success of Scott Drew and the entire staff has built over the past few years. So there's still another signing day, what, in about two weeks or three weeks, which has become so minimized, not for everybody, but for most everybody because of the early signing day and even the transfer portal. You have the junior day. That means class of, what, 2025? Um, how many of those do you have? Is it just the one, or is there also something else you do throughout the rest of the spring? Right. So, I mean, this is going to be the big junior day. They have one of these every year where you bring in a ton of guys. You have everything kind of set up, you know, for a larger group uh, of prospects. But then, you know, kind of as you move down the down the road a little bit in the month of January, as you get towards February, there will be visitors. But a lot of those will come during mm-hmm. the during the week, um, you know, maybe come on the weekend. You know, at times you'll you'll see pictures of, hey, this recruits at a basketball game. Right. You know, I think Alfonso Allen two years ago just showed up at a basketball game with the staff was completely off the radar. And then Baylor signed him. And, you know, he's not a Baylor anymore. He transferred. But that's just an example of kind of what can happen and how things can move pretty quickly, even if it's a 2024 prospect. But I think in general, they're pretty much done there outside of Alex Foster, like getting him to sign outside of that. I think it's really going to be you know, a bunch of juniors who just come on visits um, throughout the end of the month, and, and Baylor just gets an opportunity to, to show them campus, show them what they're all about, um, and specifically for guys who aren't able to make it for junior day, which happens sometimes because a lot of them are, are scheduled at the same time. Thank you, Grayson. Have a great weekend. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.